Okay, Ray is here again as he was yesterday, and we are recording everything, and we're going to be posting it up mm-hmm. just like we did yesterday, including his notes, as we take a look at Passover. And the first segment just looked at this is for Jews and Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this next part will be walking through the shadows yes. of, of what we'll see through Passover. And as I grew up, this was not apparent. No, no, no. None of none of this was spoken of. As a matter of fact, our Passover Seder was humanistic. Sure. So, so God wasn't even involved in our Passover Seder. The Hebrew <laughs> prayers were read. Sure. But no one talked about what they meant. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's profound because when you think about it, the, the Passover Seders that we have today, just it just means order. There's a, mm-hmm. there's a way you're walking through this procedure, that's the Seder. All of this came... Not from biblical things, but it came from the various uh, priests and the heads of the Jewish people through the centuries. And so as they began to take that moment and do what God said is, remember me in this way in the Passover, they began to add the elements of of matz, of the unleavened bread and what they were doing and and all the aspects of it and this and that and all the things we're going to show you. What's amazing (laughs) is, as you'll see, these are unbelievably beautiful shadows and types and pictures mm-hmm. of Christ so that they wouldn't miss him. Mm. I wish they did. Yeah. But the good thing is you, <laughs> always, you, you always have to, with a grain of salt, remember that the ones uh, who accepted him were also Jews. Every word of the Bible written by the Jews. So, you know, from the apostles and all those that followed in the book of Acts and all their journey out to bring in the Gentiles, all of that happened with the Jewish people. So all didn't reject him, just some. Do you, do you remember, honey, last year when we had our Passover Seder? Yes. And we called my mom. Yeah. And we had my mom on FaceTime. Oh, wow. Which she was able to figure out. We couldn't, but she she figured it out. <laughs> so Leanna is describing, you know, our Passover Seder. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we just all looked at each other and thought, wow, we're having this Passover Seder, and it represents Christ. And right. my parents are having a Passover Seder, and it doesn't even include God. Hmm. 2,200 miles apart. Might as well be 22,000 miles apart. (laughs) Yeah. And it's something to pray about tonight. This is Passover. So tonight, nightfall, uh, Jews around the world, either tonight or tomorrow night, you have two days to do it, uh, will be celebrating Passover. And they will be celebrating, not in the way we're talking about today. They won't understand any of the imagery. It'll just be stuff. It's just stuff that they're doing. And imagine... If you had to, you as a Christian, imagine your life just being about ritual and routine without Christ anywhere, without grace, without forgiveness, mm-hmm. without all that God has done for you. Imagine uh, generations of growing up that way. God never intended that. They were supposed to pass over, come out of Egypt 1,500 years later. Jesus Christ came, fulfilled all of it, but they missed that. And so they've had 2,000 years still in the ritual, still in the routine without Jesus. So mm-hmm. Passover is a celebration of what Jesus did for us, obviously. And it's a celebration of the day that will come when Jesus will destroy Satan and all the bad people in the world, all those that left of sinners who will not follow. That all happens. So that's what Passover, in a sense, is about. It's It happened in Egypt in, in that way because Everybody was representatives. It was the Jews at that time, and it was the Egyptians and and in slavery and bondage. So as you look at this, just kind of walk through and see how Christ has set you free. Tomorrow, 
The Feast of Unleavened Bread begins at nightfall after Passover, and it's celebrated for one week, and it's a big week. And I hope for you, you might consider uh, participating in that as well. And when you start Passover, we did the lighting of the lights for mm-hmm. the woman does that to represent Mary who brought in Jesus, who redeemed women, who redeemed Eve and the sin that came into mankind. But the next act is you're searching for leaven. And this is, this is done in the home the day before, but as part of Passover, you have a search for leaven. You send the kids out and everywhere he goes, mm-hmm. see if you can find some leaven. So you get rid of all yeast in your house, and you have no regular bread for a week. Now, it should be noted that while this Passover, while this communion is with unleavened bread, on a typical Jewish home, on every Friday night, they're going to have a Sabbath meal, and it's halal bread. It's it's fluffy bread. Mm-hmm. It's got yeast and challah, <laughs> halal. And you so you have this shadow right now in this season, but it's very specific because this is pointing specifically to Christ and to our walk without sin. But in general, God. God's command for communion is, is coming together with bread and wine for him is not unleavened bread. So this is a special time. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you do is make sure there's no leaven in the house. What does leaven or yeast represent? Sin. It is sin. But since yeast and bread isn't our real enemy, one of the things you can do is search in your house and see what's causing us to sin. Mm-hmm. Or because it's all representative of marriage, what's hindering our marriage? What am I doing? Or what is this person doing? What's going on here that's causing a problem <laughs> in marriage? All right. So what is stealing time from God? I remember one um, Passover we did this and everybody kind of came up with the same thought the TV is the problem so we took pieces of paper we wrote leaven we taped it to the, all the te- TVs in the house and for the whole week every time we'd sit down with a click where we'd go oh leaven and we'd, uh, unless, there so was you, a ga- unless there was a game on <laughs> you fasted from whatever it is it's yeah. just a simple fast yeah. for a week but this one is a very specific fast because it reminds you God said do this to, to teach you how to walk out your life without sin does the final four always rest on the Feast of the Unleavened Bread? <laughs> <laughs> no, because some you have a month difference okay. in, in Jewish calendar, so only every few years. But you can't you can do that. I'm, I'm yes. So what causes you to sin to not act like his bride that you could fast from for the next week? So that's something you could do. Or you could do uh, as the official way is you just simply don't eat unle- any bread for right. the next week. All right. So why is it all? Why is it bad? The sin of pride causes one to puff up, mm. to think you're better than others. That's what yeast represents. It's mm. the puffing up. Wow. That's what happened to Lucifer. Puffed up. When we become Christians, we get rid of all of our sin and we stop being bad. We are unleavened bread. We are the bread, you see. It's not just Jesus who's the bread. We are that bread. And so it's, it's for all of us, matzah reminds us that one day we'll live in heaven with new bodies that have no sin. Because obviously, as long as we're here on earth, we're going to sin. We have an advocate with the Father for that very reason. So, symbols of Passover. Let's, you have the matzah. They had no time to, uh, to let it rise because they were being delivered from Egypt. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the thing. How do you get saved? You make the decision, I have no time for sin. Mm-hmm. It is not my destiny. Mm-hmm. I have no time to live that way. 
When you're done with sin, you can run to Jesus and he will deliver you. That's what that represents. On a Jewish plate, you'll have a roasted lamb bone. On a Christian plate, you'll actually have lamb. It reminds them of the temple sacrifice, the first Passover lamb. But of course, after Jesus died, you go on to go back and read some fascinating things. Read what happened to the temple at 70 AD. Mm-hmm. Read what happened to the temple sacrifices. Read what happened to the Jews in general scattered all over the earth until 1948. So it was a massive change and everything changed right there. But for a Christian celebrating Passover, we get to actually celebrate the lamb himself, Jesus Christ. So our Passover can include lamb because he he is the Passover Mm -hmm. lamb. It's so cool. So they're looking for the lamb and we're enjoying the lamb at Passover. You have bitter herbs or horseradish, which actually wonderful on lamb. It recalls... <laughs> Is that what it's symbolic of? Deliciousness. In our, in our house, it represents deliciousness. No, it recalls the bitterness of slavery. Mm-hmm. Slavery, we're talking sin. Because you're, you're not just playing with sin. You are a slave to it. Mm-hmm. What does Passover remind you? Every time you have a bitter herb in Passover, it reminds you... Every time you are so stupid to say, I can do this and get away with it. You're just crazy. You've become a slave to it and it's fooled Mm -hmm. you. So traditionally, the horseradish is grated by the hand of the man of the house until he begins to cry. That's that moment. You Mm -hmm. grate it until you begin to cry. Because sin, like the bitter herb, tastes sweet at first and then becomes bitter. Mm. So it is like sin. Wow. The fourth is a green vegetable, something like parsley or something like that, which represents a hyssop branch. They applied the blood of the lamb to the doorpost. Mm-hmm. It's also considered a bitter herb because it's the dealing of the blood. Uh, we make this wonderful mixture of herosis. It's um, apples, nuts, cinnamon, and wine. It's the bricks and mortar the Israelites were forced to make under Pharaoh's taskmasters. So at the Passover, you're actually eating. You're looking back on your old failures, and you're, you're eating them. Mm. They, they become food to you now. They're no longer because Christ has taken them mm-hmm. and he's delivered you from them. So you recall your greatest failures with great joy. Very cool. A roasted egg is a reminder of the temple holiday sacrifice. It represents life, obviously. It's an egg. It was offered at the temple during the feasts, uh, Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. So it's a big symbol. Also, salt water. It symbolizes the tears Tears. shed by the Mm -hmm. Jews' slaves. It reminds us of when they crossed the salty Red Sea when they were set free. We've crossed over and been delivered and set free. Baptism for us becomes that symbol. Every sacrifice is with salt. Mm. Salt is a huge symbol in Passover. Oh, and, and Jesus. I mean, that we are the salt of the earth. We are. Salt preserves. So, I mean, you're, you're going to notice that just as Jesus is all the symbols, guess who else is all the symbols? Oh, yeah. It's you. <laughs> uh, the juicer wine represents the blood of the lamb who now is. That blurry blood is flowing in. Us. Again, you'll see the double shadow there the whole way through. Wow. This is so good. So good. We're going to come back. Getting uh, wrist cramps. (laughs) Yeah. If you want a transcript of today's show, write everything down. Uh, No, you don't have to do that. (laughs) We're going to post everything, all of the audio and all of Ray's notes. And you might want to just bring this to your Passover Seder and sit around and, and just... Have your eyes open as we're having our eyes open to this. It's Rise and Stein with Ray Haynes. Good morning. It's Good Friday. It's Victory 91.5.